Hello and welcome to another episode of Laying Down the Lore 40k, a lore podcast in which we aim to separate our Dukari from our Dark Angels, our Tyranids from our Tau, and our Craft Worlds from our Chaos Marines. And generally ask, what's up with this Warhammer 40k stuff? My name is Ben Chrome Barber and I know pretty much fuck all about 40k. With me is my co-host Christopher Crallen Allen. Hello there. Who knows absolutely fuck all about 40k. True. And my dear brother Darren. Good morning. Who knows so much about 40k it's a wonder he has time to do anything else. Over the years this dichotomy between our levels of understanding became clear and this series is an attempt to address that ignorance. Ignorance. That intro had a surprising lack of disruptions. Are you both feeling okay? Mm, I'm all right. Darren sounded a little bit, I don't know. You're all right, buddy. You're all right, Darren. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling very formal this morning, Mr. Allen. <laughs> really? <laughs> mm. Bro- Brother Allen. I'm a little Brother worried. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the chaos scared. episode, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd go the other way. Somber up. Oh, okay. Yeah, Somber yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that doesn't sound. That doesn't sound fun. The chaos episode. That sounds like it's going to be a whistle stop tour. Whistle stop tour. That shouldn't take too long, right? Yeah, <laughs> we only have to deal with the entirety of the warp. Its influences on the real, in quotes, galaxy, all the gods, demons, and their influences. The name chaos. Is uh, is the is the name Chaos Gods? I guess them. I guess I've suddenly de- 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 developed a lift. Hmm. <laughs> this is going to be my voice for the rest of the show now. <laughs> chaos <laughs> <laughs> was Chaos a term coined by the Imperium to the to the gods, or were the god did the gods that we are Chaos Gods? We are Chaos. Chaos didn't exist till we came about. They were, they, no, it was a rebrand. They were called a- like. <laughs> They were called it messy it was, before. No, it, no, it wasn't. It's was actually they were rebanded. They were uh, formed in the late seventies. I believe they went under the name ABBA. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were referred to as the Spoopel Gods. Yeah, and they went through. Which a I believe is Dutch. <laughs> yeah, anti-good just didn't really. Uh, yeah, non-heinous didn't really. Oh no, just heinous. No, yeah. it was the other meaning. They were the disorganized gods. <laughs> You're like, fuck it guys let's let's crank up to 11 and rip the knob off <laughs> so what was what answer my question oh question? yes your question okay <laughs> when a mummy cat and a daddy cat love each other <laughs> all right different question that is fucking chaos. I hear that at like one o'clock in the morning outside the window, and it is—it's the sound. Cats. It's the sound of hell. Yeah, well, it's maybe horrible. don't set up a little cat bed outside your window, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> With You're some like, like red voyeur. lights and <laughs> <laughs> some sexy music. And you're, you're just there looking at them, rubbing catnip on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at the cameras. Just look, look at me. Look at me. Don't look at the cameras. <laughs> it has always been. I don't well, care we, anymore. We, Let's begin on with the show. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the train has left the station. <laughs> Before we get into the topic of chaos, we haven't actually been sent any messages on this show so far. I know that there have been numerous in the other ones, but we have been sent a message. So, Dude, I've had bags of hate mail. 
about you guys. Well, it's funny you should say that, Crow, because this particular message is, in fact, about you. Uh, it looks like oh, you're in trouble, pal. sugar. Okay. Here we go. To the flagship laying down the lore, this is Lord Inquisitor Randall McDangle of the Ordo Hereticus with a message for one Christopher Crowley Allen. We said. Citizen, you have appeared on our radar one too many times to be ignored. Your refusal to absorb the Imperial truth, well-delivered Xenos information, and generally anything that happened in the last two weeks is borderline heretical. And if there's one thing the Ordo Hereticus will not tolerate, it's heresy <laughs> and people from Grantham. Mark my words, citizen. You are but a few wrong answers away from a frontal lobotomy and an eternity as a weird floating skull thing. <laughs> to that degree, we will be issuing four Inquisition-approved recap questions to your comrades each episode. We will check in periodically, and if your score drops below 90% for that period, we will authorize your immediate capture and conversion into a mindless servant of the Imperium. Tread carefully, citizen. Oh, Kral. I mean, I, I, I'll save you the trouble. I'm just going to submit now. I'm just going to surrender myself. <laughs> I'm going to lobotomize myself. <laughs> because mate, was... you can threaten me with all you like. You know, I don't choose to be an idiot. Like, it's genetic. <laughs> like I was born this way. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. You know, everyone else, it's everyone else's problem, not mine. So. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there, there was a kind of a kind of glazed look on your face as we were listening to that message. So, yeah, it's almost like you knew you knew it was coming. What message? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was that was that from our 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 Discordy Randall McDowell? Well, yeah. You you may you may recognize the name. Um, that particular inquisitor is one of our uh, patrons. Uh, so thank you to him and the other patrons who um, contributed to that. Thanks idea. for the threat, Randall. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> right. So so I've got these uh, four questions okay. here, Kral. So I, 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 my our understanding is that like the Inquisitor is going to check in periodically. So it could be could be in a couple of episodes time. It could be in ten episodes time. But you got to aim for yeah. that ninety percent. Otherwise, it's it's monotask servitor type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, bring it on. Come so, on, let's go. The last episode we talked about Necromunda, dude. Necromunda, dude. Yep. Um, and we talked we talked about the the actual city, but we also talked about the wastelands. What mm, was did. the name of the faction that lived in the wastelands of Necromunda? They were known as the Ash Nomads, but I don't know if that was actually their faction name. You gotta give it to him. You gotta give, give it, it to him. him. I don't know. Would 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 Inquisitor Randall McDangle accept that? I mean, it's not quite that. Yeah, I, I accept nomads. it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. He's got it. It's the it's the ash wastes nomads. Yeah. Well, seeing as Randall isn't courty enough to turn up to the show and co-host himself, but I think we do need <laughs> someone to adjudicate this, and maybe Darren's probably the most qualified. Can I just suggest? Yeah, okay. That? Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, Can I that's, just kind of? I'm sure the help Inquisitor you? would delay that. <laughs> with your yeah, yeah. with your newfound authority, <laughs> help me help you okay. not get turned into. I'm going to go for Ash Nomads because that's all I can kind of remember. Okay, so it was it was Ash Waste Nomads. Okay, so you got that one. Well done. We then talked about the actual hive 
jobby, a big spiky thing. We talked about the layers. How many layers were in the city? Uh, there's many, but I remember in Hive Primus, there were three layers. At the very top, you had uh, the House of Hel- Helmoir, where they lived in absolute opulency. Below that, and that was above the clouds, it was sunny every day, la la la. And then just below that, where it's still pretty pleasant, or pleasanter, relatively speaking, you had all the nobles, the movers and shakers that ran, Necromunda, and then below that, you had the, you know what I mean, everybody else that supported it. It was all a big tarot card space. So okay, I'm going to so say three. There were three layers, okay. At least okay, in, so in in Hive Primus, I think you're you're right in that there are three layers, but there were also another three as well. Do you want? <laughs> so I want the list. So you were wrong. Yes. So it was <laughs> okay. So right, you you were right. right. It was the upper spire and lower spire were the first yeah, two. Then, that you there's and the, then the wall, hive. which yeah. you missed. Then there's uh, the yes. hive city, which you got. Then there's the underhive and the sump. Ah, yes, that's right. The sump. My favorite part of the hive. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. We also then talked about the clan houses. Yeah. Of which there were six. Can you name three of them? Fuck. Um, I can describe several of them. So there were the (laughs) Amazonian style, mainly matriarchal people even though there's no rainforest on necromunda they were like the poison and drug specialists okay i'll give you one clue because that's a really impressive uh summary of them think about stairs going the wrong way mc escher it was the Escher oh, clan. Oh, oh, clan yes, Escher. Escher. Yes, that was it. Clan Escher, because it sounded a bit like Eshin. That's right. And I was like, ooh, Escher, they're obviously going to be ninja. No, they're going to be big Amazonian women that cook up meth and stuff. Okay. There were the uh, knowledge brokers that looked like bold neos. I can't remember what yep. they were called either. I can't remember any names. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Okay. There were the biker gang. <laughs> there were yep. the. That's three. Ah, there were more. Yeah, I can't remember now. I'm not going to waste any airtime. Go on, remind me what the other three were. Okay, so there was. So you got Escher, um, yeah. the big hulking dudes. They were the Goliath. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the yeah, Codder. Yeah. Which one were those? Were there? The Codder was the the ones that looked like uh, medieval peasants, but they were the the House of the Faithful. So they oh, were yeah. the ones that yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. are. Craven Fanatical. for imperial uh, religion. Yeah, craven for a brain. <laughs> there was the bald techie guys, which I think Crow mentioned. Are they the Orlocks? No, the bald guys are the kind of spy masters and information brokers, as Crow said. They're the Delac. Delac. That's the ones. Yeah, like, like Deloitte. The biker guys Delac-ful. are the Orlocks. Oh yeah, there you go. And yeah, there's yeah, yeah. one more that sounds like they're from somewhere on the German border. I mean, I no, know don't do it, it Ben. Ben, don't do it. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> don't do it, mate. I'll leave that one to you. So, the, the and then Vansar. there was the sixth one, the Vansar. The Vansar. Okay. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Grout. Final question. Okay. You are okay. two for three so far. Hmm. What chapter of Space Marine has a monastery on Necromunda? The Imperial Fist. Oh, oh, he's nailed it. He's nailed it. it. Well done, Kraus. Well done. Sorry. So that was uh, 50 Guess 50%. what I listened to on my dog walk this morning prior to recording this show. 
not well right, enough I it seems i mean i don't know i wasn't really 90 percent, was it really shall i just should i get rid of my frontal lobal cortex now and just hassle? <laughs> it's um no it, yeah, it's, but, it's over a series of records over a period isn't it yeah. so like yeah like ah, over, okay yeah so i like, can accumulate so you have to have your yeah, period okay. but, and when, then we'll when the, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay exactly. cool so yeah. when i'm the, gonna discuss when, this when with the, you over a period <laughs> when, when the inquisitors come and do their um uh, random check-in as long as i at that point have 90 percent yeah exactly i'm all right yeah. so i could yeah, have but, nothing now but yeah yeah we don't know what's gonna yeah. ha- could happen tomorrow and they've they've asked us to keep a track of the, the score so we'll we'll keep an ongoing okay so you're under as much pressure as i am then what happens to no you not if you really keep the score but that, well uh, the show falls apart it implodes i think you two were kind of like quite surprised about how much i could remember then even if i couldn't really well i was and you both were kind of like stunned into silence (laughs) i'm almost as surprised at this as i was as when ben came forth in the pub quiz yeah, I mean I, that is a fraction of how fucking surprised I was. <laughs> I was like, "Don't, Not I, don't, I, don't I was... say that on the podcast, star That you know, I, I, it was luck. That's what it was. It's because it was multiple choice. I'm really good at multiple choice, or really lucky at multiple choice. I don't know what the. Uh... <laughs> anyway, well, that was that was good, Crow. Well done. We we'll have to come ooh, up ooh, with it. Yeah, Necromunda. And, what a what a what a cool place. What a cool, harrowing, horrible place, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought <laughs> I it was I a, go it was, on holiday there. It was a good example of what life is like in the Imperium for, you know, ninety-nine percent of the populace, ninety-nine percent of humans live like that. Uh, the eternal factory worker, or you know, agricultural worker, or scribe, or or or. Yeah. 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 Grim. Yeah, Grim. Grim dank. Right, Grim so. Dank. <laughs> That's the new term for it. <laughs> Where are we? I wish that was my term. Where are we going today? I think you've already said, haven't you? We are Next heading disorganized. into the warp. Warp, warp, warp. warp. Yay! Harumble. This episode, I thought we'd have a look at uh, the big bad of the Imperium. Uh, which is the forces of uh, chaos. Chaos. Now, as Chris had asked at the start of the episode, which may have been cut, I don't know, was it always referred to as chaos? I think by and large, yes. It has gone under other names. Things like the primordial truth, the eternal enemy, the primordial evil, uh, lots of things that mean kind of eternally bad. The kind of forces of chaos or the influence of chaos has existed as long as uh, races have existed within the uh, Warhammer 40k universe, although they really kind of kicked into gear uh, with the rise of humanity. So the chaos gods, there are gods in the 40k universe, Uh, there are four chaos gods, Korn, who's the god of murder, bloodshed and war. Uh, Slanesh, who is the, sorry, uh, in the game used to be uh, purely an expression of kind of uh, sexual excess. Yeah, sexy time is now uh, general excess and indulgence. So everyone still looks at kind of modern Slanesh and is like, yeah, kinky stuff, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Fuck. 
<laughs> My name's Buck. <laughs> <laughs> he, he likes to fuck and cook. I, I, I don't eat his house anymore. Um, and read a book. And read <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his cream-filled buns are just to die for. Uh, the um, <laughs> Rose. We have... We then have Nurgle, who is the uh, god of disease and decay uh, and death. And then Zinch, who is the god of change and the other one. magic and um, kind of psychic powers, that kind of thing. Machinations, uh, which is a definitely a word that's hard to say with loose dentures. I feel, uh, sorry, just to interject on that point, Zinch, in, uh, is he... Is this fair? Is he the least popular? Is he the least easy to define? Just by the fact that you took three times as long to kind of explain his title than the others. The others were pretty like Kane. Oh, sorry, Corn, murder and blood and shit. Slanesh, sexy time slash just lots of good times. Nurgle, yeah. like death the, and decay the, and rebirth. Zinch, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, kind yeah. of that. Maybe not. It's that. like each god, like if they had a business card, it's like corn, murder, blood, death, and then yeah. you know, no, and then it gets to Zeech, and it's like it's just a QR ever, code. Yeah, have you ever <laughs> looked into the sun when uh, you know it's like just well, the three words, motherfucker. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, I suppose, in a way, yes, yes. Uh, Zeech is the the hardest to kind of pin down. Their influence is. You know, as with the other gods, galactic wide, but they're not just the god of kind of psychic magic. They're also, in a very real way, the evil god of hope. And so, as we highlighted in the last episode, the kind of day to day lot of an imperial citizen is really quite shit. So, there's a constant kind of oppression of human spirit and uh, any chance at advancement. So, you know, going back 10,000 years from when the emperor ascended, if at that time your family was a family of scribes, you would only ever be a family of scribes, as it was enforced by the Inquisition and by the Adeptus Terra uh, really at large, it became an article of faith then within the imperial truth that um, when the emperor ascended, the imperium was perfected. So there could be no advancement. There could be no change. When the emperor left, he left the imperium in good standing and it was everyone who had a specific role, their family would fulfill that specific role, even if that was to end up as corpse starch biscuits in hives i was made for this role baby i yeah. was made for this role <laughs> my starch me is real delicious. <laughs> delicious i mean why'd you keep calling me kit kat um <laughs> <laughs> if that is your kind of baseline humanity a god that can offer you change uh, and that's not necessarily good change is quite attractive because all the other gods offer a way out of your existence 
corn, usually through you murdering your rivals and climbing up some sort of uh, ladder once you've wiped out all other possibilities. Slanesh, really, you kind of sleep your way to the top. You fuck all of your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> to death. <laughs> to and death. then go up to death. Yeah. <laughs> Nurgle, you sneeze on all your enemies and they die. <laughs> and then you go on up. Uh, and with Zinch, it's really more like you either get political power, aid from uh, one of their various cults that they run, or you are given psychic capacities to be able to manipulate your surroundings and your, you know, and the people in there, so you can uh, gain power that way. So very much uh, a power behind the throne is what Zinch is, and thus, yeah. very quite, yeah. They it's deliberately quite... make it hard for them to be defined. Mister Chris, yeah, yeah. you had Sorry. a question. No, go on, Ben. Go on. F- finish that thing off. No, I was just going to say it's quite it's, it's quite indirect, isn't it? Whereas the other ones are like it's blood, sex, or infection. The others is like it, it's quite you know it's kind of like you say it's kind of behind the scenes. It's quite indirect. Well, it's, I mean, but, if you do it correctly, you can get all of all four of those in one encounter. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a night out. Blood, blood, sex, infection from behind the scenes. Yep. I was just going to basically agree with agree with Ben and just say, in a way, is is he's harder, or they are harder to define. Yet they seem to have the most opportunity in terms of what they can do or what their followers can do. And in that way, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like I like Zinch that way. It's. I, and I don't really know why, even though like he's kind of get like, like I say, he's kind of loosely defined. I just think there's a lot of opportunity there in terms of what they can do and what they can achieve. Quite mysterious. Yeah, you said that he he he's kind of the god of hope or like the manipulation of hope. I've also heard you describe him as the god of change. Is that yes? The changer of ways is another right because because uh, with all of the other three gods. I think we've spoke about this before, but like if they had, you know, if they offered a boon or whatever to the potential follower, surely Zeech would benefit from that because they would, there would be some form of change. Yes. You raise a, a, a great point, and Chris mentioned something kind of tangentially, which also needs to be defined. The chaos gods are defined in all the material as male, but they don't really have a gender. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, with the exception, perhaps, of Slanesh, who is represented as the, or referred to most commonly as the Dark Prince, but appears as a kind of androgynous, sexless uh, uh, male in there. I think it's like between 16 and 19 years old. I mean, and I'm uncomfortable oh, saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just that. It's like, <laughs> no, thank you, Chaos God. <laughs> yes. uh, that's more from an underage capacity, listeners, than anything else. But it's just. But then, but then, quite a few of their their minions, their Chaos Spawn, are are feminine, aren't they? Like the, yes. the demonettes. Well, the, the, this uh, is the point I'm going to touch on just now. We have largely discussed all of this already in our uh, The Old World uh, podcast, episode two specifically, uh, in terms of the kind of nitty gritty of 
gods and pantheons. So we won't be diving as deep as we did then because we're going to look at the impact uh, within the 40K universe. So that is to say that there is little to no difference between the chaos gods as they're represented in 40K as they are in what was Warhammer Fantasy, what is what will be soon uh, the old world. Um, this was because... Including, including the, the, the minions. Including the minions. There really... There are no new... There are no uh, demons that I'm aware of, demon models that I'm aware of, that are specific to the 40K universe. There was... For the briefest of times, a thing called a soul grinder, which is this large arachnid-style mechano demon, and that was um, a kind of possessed walking tank uh, created by the Dark Mechanicum. That has since, I think, from about seventh edition, which was the penultimate edition of fantasy, folded into the fantasy universe you could actually get them in there as well so if you have a chaos demon force for 40k if you rebase it you can use it in warhammer fantasy there's different rules of course there's no different models if you debase it debase it or if you i've i've seen people uh have got hold of these kind of little conversion kits that allows them to put like a round base uh, and convert it into a square base without having to remove anything <gasps> that's amazing so if if you do that with now what will be the four game lines if you have a chaos demon force you can play it in age of sigmar warhammer 40k the Horus Heresy, which is distinct from the the 40k game, uh, and what will be the old world. So, um, yeah, that it's the like most. You get it's the bang for the buck force. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Crowd yeah. pop yeah. quiz: uh, What era was the Horus Heresy? Which K? Thirty. Ah, he's yeah. He's he's just on fire, isn't he? He's yeah. Just on fire. I mean, we're we're looking at we're, we're going through this now, Inquisitorial nonsense. I think in Grand Inquisitor uh, Randall McDangle may have. I am the himself. Grand Inquisitor. Everybody <laughs> feel my wrath. <laughs> Apart from you, Randall. <laughs> Oh dear. I find so it really I, difficult when we're talking about chaos minions not to think of chaos like tiny little uh, yeah. Yeah, tiny little yellow dudes. <laughs> banana. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, let's deal with uh, a kind of summary of what we've already covered within the content for 40k so far. As we've mentioned, there are 2.5 realities within the 40k universe. There is the real corporeal universe, you know, the physical manifestation of reality. There is the warp, also known as the realm of chaos from the kind of fantasy side of things. Uh, also called the Sea of Souls, because it is where the, uh, the kind of souls come from within the 40k universe. Um, so when a person is born, a little piece of uh, 
you know, the, the sea of souls, also known as the immaterium, uh, is drawn into that uh, physical body, uh, and that's where your uh, individuality starts rather than uh, is defined completely. Um, it is a pure sea of emotion. That's really what it is. Uh, I'm in a glass cage for motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how, how do you define a sea of emotion? Like, is it just every emotion? Happy, sad, angry, fear, all of that. Think of it as like an how emotional... Do you perceive that? Okay. Like, you well, could kind let's of argue we're in a sea of emotion now. I'm just going to be quiet. Go on, let you answer the question. Go you on. know, if, if you think <laughs> of the whole of existence is bovril and so liquid i often do uh made up of various things most of which seems to come from bovines uh but uh it's everything is in there happiness joy you know love but by far those are eclipsed by you know anger fear lust uh, and you know a, a, a drive to change. So that's really the, the the kind of four big ones. And everything ties back to those uh, those pieces of emotion um, that kind of confusingly also manifest as uh, like particles, although not really. So it's much like light. You know how light can be uh, both a yeah, wave and a particle at the same time. Yeah. It's exactly that's exactly the thing to think about when you're thinking about what the sea of souls would be. So an individual would be a collection of uh, various types of kind of emotional particle, emotional waves, substance. I'm mainly made of frustration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, crowd. That's what people are around you. <laughs> that's what I radiate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm I would say ignorance, that radiating I'd, frustration. Yeah. I would say that the only the, the example that came to mind of a sea of emotion is any time spent around you. It's just a roller coaster. <laughs> like sometimes I don't know whether I'm coming or going. <laughs> overall it's yeah uh, i mean that's probably where it differs overall it's a generally positive experience but there's i mean there's peaks and troughs bro there are but it's, but, it's <laughs> but but around him uh, and thus within the realm of chaos there is raw creativity i mean yes, chris uh, chris and i came at your birthday party came up with a kind of semi-detective lawyer tv show uh, headed up. I don't remember by, this. There was a you don't lot remember. of cider. Crowd, you, you were about three or four beers down by that point. So you don't remember was... Paisley Scrotum, fashion lawyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fashion lawyer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where did that even come from? <laughs> I don't know. Probably the fourth or fifth cider. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that, that was a fun day. Can you remember? Can you remember what his uh, what his private eye, his attached private eye, was called? No, <laughs> Gooch something. It was. It was Gooch Johnson. <laughs> Gooch Johnson. <laughs> Gooch Johnson. Um, Pi. Anyway, yeah. We, I had a anywho. staggering amount of drink that wasn't Bailey's. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, yes, sorry. Anyway. So, <laughs> as an individual, if you are 
killed, uh, your soul dips into the uh, the warp, where it will slowly dissipate, and the bits of you that were angry, that kind of emotional uh, angry mentality, will be drawn towards other elements from other beings that are also angry. The same is true of lust, the same is true of fear, and again of hope. So it's a kind of hellish purgatory until you dissipate. Now, these forces, anger, uh, lust, death, and uh, hope, they eventually coalesced and gained sentience. Jeez, Chris is yawning already. Uh, and gained sentience, uh, which is a word that has taken three years for me to properly pronounce. Um, <laughs> Sentences. So anger manifested, yeah, and gained, no, that's, I'm dying on that hill. I'm dying (laughs) on that behemothic hill. Uh, It's behemoth. So anger manifested and became corn. The identity of corn was born from billions of elements of anger joining together. Surely that, I mean, it's amazing that it didn't happen with some of the others as well. Can you imagine, like, the god of frustration? (laughs) (laughs) Just looks like Kral. (laughs) I feel feel we're picking on Kral for no reason today. I love it. It's it's because he's he's yawning. We're trying to wake him up. I care not where the attention (laughs) comes from as long as the attention comes. So so, so are you saying that, like, so that probably did have, like, frustrate the frustration particles, you know, so I I die, right? My soul drifts off into the warp. It starts to dissipate like butter melting in a pan. And yeah. as I do, all of my frustration particles, they go off to <laughs> hang out with all of the other people who died's frustration particles. But what you're saying is that the, it didn't reach a critical mass. Exactly right, re- yeah. So so it still has the potential to do it. Like, like if Kraut got out there and really worked hard, he could frustrate enough people that when they died, their particles might tip over the edge and we would end up yeah. with X named God. We need to come up with a name for the frustration. Go. It would just be it would be Kral spelt with a K. That would and an apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wouldn't all yeah. the frustration particles actually just be absorbed into me? I just like I'd I'd maintain my form. I think when I were going there, <laughs> or you would be, like, be reformed. Why, why am I not exactly like butter in a pan? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're just floating in purgatory, and all of these frustration particles turn up, and they're like. Hello, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, come into me, my children. Wow. In a non-weird way. <laughs> yeah. You said to all of your sons and daughter particles. <laughs> I've just got a vision of you now lying in the sea of souls, but it's like the dead sea, so you're just floating on the surface going, <laughs> yeah. why am I not sinking? This is so frustrating. Yeah. Why is everyone else melting? <laughs> okay, let's think of some other emotions. What other chaos gods could there be? Uh, there's, there's obviously the frustration god. We'll call it Kral. Um, <laughs> god of indecisiveness? Ben? Yes. Yeah. And that's about it. I think I think we've run out of emotions. Okay, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Carry on with the show. <laughs> but like, like what, what about like positive ones as well? Like amusement. They exist there too. They exist there too. <laughs> did, but they did, are overshadowed. The... They are overshadowed by kind of the big four. The god of anxiety would be great, wouldn't it? Just doesn't doesn't leave doesn't leave the the warp. 
It's just too much. <laughs> just pacing back and forth, smoking cigarettes. Just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Not a threat. Uh, He's just like, <laughs> stuck in his own head. Um, have a, were there any gods, are there any other gods that exist but are just kind of insignificant compared to the big four? Were there any gods that existed and went away? Was there a god of frustration? Is there a god of frustration? But technically, all forms of gods exist in some level within the warp. Now, while the warp is just kind of a, a sea of emotion, there are sort of existential locations within there. So Korn has his own realm. He has his own area of the warp, but it's not like a three-dimensional area as we would understand it. The same for the other four, but the Elder Gods have a place there or had a place there. Gork and Mork, the orc gods, have some influence in the warp hmm. and so on and so on. So it's kind of a heavenly hell for most uh, other races, but it's definitely viewed as hell for most of humanity. I think there's definitely there's definitely scope for like a, a sitcom for like the gods of anxiety, awkwardness, and confusion. I mean, That's just I'd, Seinfeld. I'd You're talking about Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> so of the big four, three of the gods were manifested directly by events caused by humanity. These were the ones that kind of the the you know the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were, and they a being came into sentience. So that's Korn, Nurgle, and Zinch. Korn came about or gained sentience roughly in the kind of mid 1200s with the Mongol invasions uh, of wow. what is now Asia or uh, Eurasia. <laughs> Eurasia. Uh, so much blood was spilled, racist. Uh, that um, <laughs> that the the god of murder, violence, and death was uh, born in quotes. Pop. So within a hundred years, we then had Nurgle, who was brought around uh, or who gained sentience from the the Black Death, the Black Plague, from in around thirteen fifty ish, our own calendar. Uh, Zinch then came about uh, mid fifteen hundreds because of the Renaissance, because of this big birth of learning and hope within, uh, obviously, Europe, but the influence then off into the wider world uh, with hindsight quite negatively. Slaanesh, on the other hand, was a direct result of the collapse of a race. This was wow. the Eldar. Now, we've talked about the ages of the Imperium if you call it Age of Technology, Age of Darkness, uh, and so on. Build up towards Slaanesh's birth, towards uh, he gaining sentience, is effectively mirrors the Age of Strife. So it's when, if you recall, there was suddenly a lot of warp storms within the galaxy that uh, cut off human-occupied planets from each other. So we went from this star-spanning... Uh, galactic empire uh, pre the emperor himself uh, to uh, individual systems maybe small little kind of uh, pseudo empires of two or more systems uh, and Terra being completely cut off when you say 
sorry to interrupt you when you say pre-emperor do you mean pre the emperor becoming the emperor because he was alive at that point is that right yes pre the empire uh, the emperor becoming the emperor yeah right okay. so the warp storms that cut terra off and corrupted or disrupted the rest of the uh, human empire was the uh, the sexual funk of slanesh get or, or or of the eldar fucking themselves to death so you know it wasn't just you know, lust at that stage. It, it it was everything. Every single wait, wait, hang on a second now. Do you remember a movie called Event Horizon? Yes. Mm. Yes. Do you remember there's a scene uh, in that where they uh, view a video clip message from there? Uh, yes. In what can only be described as an orgy of death. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funky. That for thousands of years. You imagine. Okay. So oh, wow. there was not nothing was off the table. Uh, I'll use the phrase here: no holds barred. Wow! And we'll leave it at that. Um, and and that came to, if you'll forgive the phrase, head at um, th the thirty thousand uh, k. No, not thirty thousand. I'm doing the millions, billions thing again. <laughs> thirty thousand k. <laughs> thirty thousand thousand. What? <laughs> yeah, in in the thirtieth millennium, where it reached to use your phrase, Ben, a critical mass, and the entire multiple systems of the Eldar's home, their their place in the galaxy, was drawn into the warp, and with the exception of maybe about one or two percent of the population, all Eldar died and their souls kind of got sucked together and Slanesh was manifested. So it was right. in the death the death throes of a race that Slanesh came about. And with that birth, I'll, I'll, I'll pause for questions, but with that birth, all of the warp storms went away. Like someone went through it with uh, an aerosol uh, and just cleared up all the sex <laughs> smell. Uh, not that I have any experience. Stank. The stank. <laughs> and and yeah. thus that event allowed the emperor to come to full kind of power in quotes and launch the great crusades. Uh, and question. Thus the uh, reclamation of the universe, Mister Chris. Wow. Why did the Eldar start doing that in the first place? What what compelled them to get all? hedonistic and weird well no, nothing was off the table to them for millions of years they were effectively the rulers of the galaxy right uh, maybe not rulers is perhaps the wrong word they, they were the, were apex, the though. nothing could uh, strong yes exactly okay. right exactly right so they had they were and they just got bored is that i mean is that what happened they just they became they just no descend, left. yeah they descended into decadence uh oh. and so uh, various Eldar leaders could see what was happening. Uh, the ones that would, you know, travel to the homeworlds, then go away for a hundred years to explore the galaxy and then come back. And they could see the, the degradation. Uh, very, uh, but those there could not see it. So very much like, you know, putting a frog in a pot and raising the temperature rather than dropping it into boiling water. Mr. Chris. It's um, an interesting topic, isn't it? You know, what would you do 
if you had all the power and authority and no consequence of what you did. You know, I think Alan Watts kind of posed it as like, okay, let's say you could dream any dream you'd like for as long as you'd like. What would you do? You'd have all the affairs you could do. You could engage in all the activities you wanted to do, illicit or otherwise. But how long would that go on for? You know, and then you probably get bored of that and then you'd do other things and other things. And yeah, yeah. What would well, you that, do? Is, you the, is, the, is the one is too many and a thousand never enough sort of mm. jam once you get well, to that, yeah. that mindset? It's the... If you look, we will cover them when we, we talk about the Eldari, which is the difference between craft world, or craft world Eldari and the dark Eldari, the Druhari, as they became known. Um, so the craft worlds, uh, they recognize the danger of constant hedonism and of, you know, of a, a buffet of every single experience possible. So they came up with what's referred to as the paths. So they have like, uh, how would you describe it? In in the kind of East Asian philosophies of there's a strict path that you have to follow to master this or that. So you've got various uh, paths for warriors, paths for seers, uh, paths for artisans, all this kind of stuff. And so an, uh, a craft world Eldar, Eldari, will only walk one path until they have absolutely mastered every aspect of it, and then they'll choose a second path. And then once they've done that, a third path. So it's, it instills discipline more than anything else, and that's really what we're talking about. If there's no discipline and everything's permitted, you can lose yourself to everything the drukari on the other hand they resemble most closely the eldar the pre-fall eldar in their lifestyles so it's right, okay. constant so hedonism uh, and uh, indulgence yeah but it's i mean it's it's not just hedonism and indulgence is it i mean they're they're like fucking and killing and most of the time at the same time by the sounds of it is that is that yeah i mean it's once you get to my age you really come to understand that there's there's only so many different ways you can have an orgasm so you may as well start killing stuff <laughs> oh did i say that out loud sorry the lines have <laughs> <laughs> the <Yeah>. lines have blurred <laughs> yeah i think it answer the answer to your question crowl is like once you've reached that level you fuck dead people apparently that's just the thing so if you do reach that level you hey, know hey, what hey, to wait, do wait, wait, uh, whoa. That no one was talking about that then. That's the thing you introduced <laughs> now, just now. I mean, you 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 described it as a killing orgy. I mean, yes, but in yes. terms of more An orgy more like, of death, yeah, more like the sensation that you would feel from being involved in that. You uh, tell me nobody than, got their dick out in that process. I don't oh no, for a second, <laughs> Every, everyone got their dick out. Especially <laughs> everyone. You're not allowed in unless you got your dick out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have very specific types of locks that can only be opened with uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very strict bouncers ID and uh, your penis. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, yeah, so the the birth of Slanesh is the most recent of the births of the Chaos Gods, and the only one so far that has not been the result of effectively the human race. Mister Ben, it, you you mentioned in a previous episode that at some point the Emperor went off and had a conversation with the gods 
the Chaos Gods yes. and duped them. Yes. Was that before this point? And if that is no. the case, no. Okay, right. No. So when he did do that, he was talking to It all was all four. four. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the home systems of the Eldar, as I say, were drawn into the warp. And more correctly, perhaps it is that the warp and uh, reality occupied the same space during that time. And all of the Eldar planets became what's known as demon worlds. So these are worlds where the warp kind of rules all. Uh, and anything that you can imagine can happen. And in some cases, you simply imagining something makes it appear before you uh, on certain planets. These planets house the ruins of an entire, you know, couple of million year old civilizations, perhaps even longer than that. There's records of them being involved in the kind of great war between the old ones and their enemies, the Necrons. Uh, and um, so they ruled the Eldar effectively held sway over the galaxy for about 50 to 60 million years. So just to Yikes. touch back on uh, the points we were making, if you are a being that's able to live for many thousands of years, there is at least one Eldari character who was present at the Horus Heresy who still leads a craft world to this day. How fast will you get bored of hot chocolate? Or, 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 you know? Let's not uh, talk crazy. I'm, no, Never. no, I'm, tr I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to steer this back towards wholesome, uh, wholesome examples, um, which, which is a first for me, I think. Yeah, okay. So that, in the... So he doesn't drink hot chocolate then, is that what we're saying? He's just, I don't know what... With whipped cream. And then yeah. the marshmallows he, his, 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 yeah, his marshmallows. It's mainly marshmallows now. That's it. He's got yeah. to the point where hot chocolate's just... He's got, a, he's got a great technique. Don't don't drink it all. Let the marshmallows do their work. Just just I mean, trust yeah. me. Trust me. <clears throat> all, jo all joking aside, but he was actually the founding member of the path of the barista uh, in the Eldar <laughs> craft worlds. <laughs> literal, literal Starbucks. <laughs> I invented the word. Excellent. Grande. Well done. Very, very good. <laughs> so within these ruins of the Eldari civilization are you know, vaults full of technologies that may or may not now have been corrupted. Effectively, the skeletal remains of billions upon billions of uh, beings, but also various manifestations of the warp uh, through which uh, demons can get in, through which the gods can uh, influence not only the that region of space, uh, which is now known as the Eye of Terror. The Eye of Trevor. The Eye of Trevor, exactly right. But also the Chaos Legions, uh, the losers of the Horus Heresy and their demonic <laughs> leaders, uh, you know, call, call that home. That's where they live. I was going to say safely, but, you know, in quotes, Mr. Ben. I, one last question on the Slanesh Eldar Gate. Does Slanesh have uh, any aspects of it, it, its personality or its persona uh, that are Eldari in nature? Because he, he was he, she, they was literally made of Eldari souls. Like um, I know you said before, like the gods don't really um, 
present as themselves, do they? They, they, they it's all you know. They don't really um, come into comp- the corporeal space as themselves. It's always through their minions. Banana, um, but Banana. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. Is there any aspect of it that is Eldari? I think in terms of it presents as this kind of clean-limbed, late teenage, uh, androgynous being, yes, because the Eldari are, for all intents and purposes, uh, androgynous. That's how they're portrayed in all of the artwork. They do have a similar body shapes in terms of the distinction they make between male and female Eldari, but the male Eldari are as beautiful as the female Eldari, uh, and thus uh, Slanesh is more beautiful still uh, in terms of uh, their uh, portrayal. But it, Hot. It, it's a good it's a good point, well made. Insofar as Slanesh constantly tries to devour the rest of the Eldari right, okay. that were missed, it's their favorite snack. A real, a real kind of yeah. god boner. It's got a real penchant for uh, El- <laughs> penchant. Eldar for Tartar. What? I don't know. Some sort of Eldar food. <laughs> While it's not the only kind of area of space that has uh, uh, merged uh, reality with the warp, it is until recently, the largest. We're now thinking about the Great Rift, which has cleft the galaxy in twain, uh, which is effectively, they've smeared the Eye of Trevor uh, all the way across the galaxy from top left to bottom right, as you would see it in maps. So that's known as the Kikatrix Maledictum, or, depending on how you pronounce it, Cicatrix Maledictum, or cicatrix maledictum? Uh, really? Yeah. You know, just that's what's you know, called. You know, it's pulling our legs. Why? Cicatrix, because it's just yeah. a silly name. It, it's Latin. <laughs> it's Latin, Chris. You bigot. Uh, <laughs> what, what does it mean? I have no idea. It's. Oh, I call okay. it the Great Rift because it's referred to as the Great Rift <laughs> because, because it's easier to say than whatever the other word that is. Uh, yeah, cicatrix maledictum roughly translates as cicatrix. The the bad kicker tricks. It sounds like <laughs> kind of like one of the moves they developed at the end of the fall of the Eldar just before Slanesh was born. <laughs> was it again? The slicky, tricky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Step, it's step not, one, lube up. <laughs> it's, no, I might be mispronouncing it. It's not sticky dick malatrictum. <laughs> All right? It's, it's not, not like a the, sex move. <laughs> or a dessert. It's basically four Eldari holding another Eldari spread eagled out uh, of any gender, and the uh, the uh, the perpetrator in question dives WWE style off of uh, a tower of uh, other couples, and then lands penis or vagina. Who knows what the elder have? Could be space penis or space vagina first. Exactly. Who knows? Spagina. Yeah. Um, what, spagina. Is, <laughs> what is, you know, the, the, the Great Rift, what shape is it? Is there a shape to it? 
Uh, it looks like it's a rift shape. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a rift, it's a rift shape. shape. It's it's it, it looks like uh, a spray of thick fluid across <laughs> across the galaxy. It looks very much like wow. a painter's radio, an intergalactic spaff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a painter's radio. <laughs> <Ew>. radio. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Christ. <sighs> right. So that must make the Eye of Trevor the clip. Grow the Moving on. Up, everybody, just grow <laughs> up now. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Are you suggesting that that area should be renamed the Clitatrix Maledictum? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. All right. Uh, it would make it go. really difficult to find. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> My word. Some people don't Gentleman. even believe it exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a force of chaos struggling against the big four to establish your own domain within the Immaterium, then you should try Sea of Souls Timeshare. SOS Timeshare gives you the opportunity to rule your own slice of the warp with just one annual payment. You'll share a substantially sized realm, allowing you to reign supreme once a year, every year, for eternity. When you own a Timeshare, you can choose to rule the same realm with your minions each year, or swap it through any of our associate companies for a similar sized kingdom, meaning you can command a different part of the ether every year. All paid for, in advance, in your Sea of Souls timeshare holding. So, for the price of a reasonable management fee, which covers the running costs of your dominion, you can enjoy hassle-free, undisputed domination, once a year, until the end of time. Like to know more? Then call Sea of Souls Timeshare on 53294086 or log on to sostimeshare.chaos. Timeshare. It's better than not ruling at all, right? The, the kind of second largest warp breach, if you'll excuse the phrase, after the smeared Eye of Trevor is, or second, second most famous, not second largest, second most famous, is the Maelstrom. Uh, which is where the Badab War occurred. The Grognards who listen to this, hello, I am one of you, will be very excited uh, when we do that because we're going to do a whole kind of series on the Badab Thing. War when we get to it in 2037. Hmm. Yeah, so the galaxy is now dotted with uh, various warp storms uh, and breaches between uh, the realm of chaos and the corporeal universe. So we have uh, briefly but comprehensively <laughs> uh, looked at uh, the warp, what's in the warp, uh, and the uh, impact of degradation and uh, excess on a race's uh, entire being. In terms of what else is in the warp, let's deal with the kind of big four. We've talked about them already, Korn, Nurgle, Zinch, and Slaanesh, four chaos gods. 
There are ostensibly other Chaos Gods, uh, as we have discussed in the uh, the Old World podcast, episode two. And within, if you recall, who was the god of malice and uh, revenge? Can you remember from the fantasy one? Cain? No, his cousin was called Malol, the god of laughter. Malal. Oh, Malal, God. yes. That being exists within the 40k universe and is referred to only as Malice, uh, but forms the same exact function uh, as uh, it did in the fantasy universe. And as we've said earlier, there's not really anything to do with the demonic aspects of chaos that doesn't also exist in Warhammer the Old World uh, Warhammer Fantasy as was, or indeed in Age of Sigmar. You can use all those models between them, and a lot of the lore is the same. But... Can anyone... The Horned Rat? Horned Rat uh, might exist. Oh. But doesn't officially exist. Oh. Oh. Uh, Horned Rat, for our 40k only listeners, is the god of the Skaven, who is kind of god of ruin and plagues, the kind of destruction of uh, civilized life, in quotes. Wow. There is one other named demon who exists in the 40k universe who originated within a specific game. If anyone, would you want to take a stab, a specific game in the, set in the fantasy setting? Vers- I guess, lads. Is, is no, it doesn't appear. No, it doesn't appear. Oh, oh okay. a, bo- a uh. tabletop game. Uh, they spent some time hiding in a warpstone meteorite. <gasps> it's uh, more yes. time. Bellacor. Bellacor. Bellacore also exists uh, within the 40k universe and indeed has largely the same type of life. Uh, they were the <laughs> very f- they were the very first demon prince uh, of chaos. Um believed to, to have crown been human the next uh, demon prince or something. They they have to support uh, the kind of ever champion of chaos this time on a galactic level. And um, they perform the same kind of uh, trickery that really that the emperor kind of performed. They got the best deal they could, the support from all four chaos gods to go forward and then kind of conquer the universe in their name. Chaos gods are schmucks, really, aren't they? You, you can you can fool all four of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play, play them off against house. each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so each chaos god, uh, as I've hinted at, has their own kind of non-geographical region uh, within the warp. Uh, they are able to manifest that in terms of a, a kind of physical uh, representation of uh, some aspect of their their power or their culture. Each chaos god has a pantheon of demons which we have uh, discussed at length on the fantasy podcast, but just to reiterate, in general, they have greater demons, who are the kind of generals of their forces. Underneath them and to one side are the demon princes. These are champions, mortal champions, 
who have achieved so much for the cause of that God that they are given uh, effectively eternal existence as a kind of demonic commander of their forces. Uh, demon are still mortals. They started. They started out as mortals and then ah. ascended to demonhood. Um, gotcha. Right. Some ascended directly to a demon prince. Others went via being a lesser demon, which is the third category down. Like a demon uh, lesser janitor. demons, real yeah, are the foot troops and janitors of the forces of chaos. These uh, arrive in. I'm desperately trying not to use the word come. These arrive in the format. No, nothing. No, yeah, no, the I whole was, I was painter's radio thing. All right. <laughs> yeah, fine. So uh, the lesser demons really are the foot troops, uh, and they appear both uh, as kind of infantry, but some of them also arrive on mounts. And each uh, demonic pantheon. Pardon me. Nothing. Sorry, that was a tenuous link to Jugabuff. Just like good juggernaut. Uh, yes. Bra brass uh, dogs. The, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the demonic steeds of corn are called the juggernauts of corn, and these are rhino dogs. It's really mechanical rhino dogs. There's no other way to describe them. Uh, and they arrive usually with a, a small can of a, a very effective uh, and trademarked buffing agent to make sure that their bronze is constantly clean, uh, referred to as jugger buff. Jugger buff, not to be mixed up with the off-brand OEM bugger juff, which is used for a very different thing. Yeah, it's very different. That was, that, yeah, 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 that yeah. was created during the fall of the Elder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do not buff your juggernaut with bugger juff. <laughs> the results yeah. can be fatal. <laughs> <laughs> you can be completely juffed. Wait. <laughs> Uh, the um, <laughs> also for anyone listening, you can buy Jugabuff t-shirts on our store, laindandalore.com. Uh, and anymore. moving on, yeah, I'm, I'm catching on. It's no, taken me three it. years, but I'm getting yeah, there. He's uh, following in Fat Crowl's footsteps. <laughs> His little tiny footsteps. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> um, what was I saying? So yeah, so we've they've got the generals who are the greater demons, you've got demon princes who are kind of commanders and agents at large, lesser demons who arrive either on foot or are mounted on the mounts of the chaos gods. The steeds take various shapes from the rhino dogs of corn to the elusive two-legged tit snakes of Sanesh. That that's not a euphemism, that's exactly what the models look like. You have the palanquins of Nurgle, so you've got a seat carried by hordes of tiny little spaffy Nurglings. Uh, and then for Zinch, you have what's referred to as the discs of Zinch or the Sky Sharks. And these are floating platforms that the demons and champions stand on. The final category of demon for each god are the Beasts of Chaos. And these are used as effectively hunting beasts. They hunt down either wayward souls within the warp or when there is a, a breach, they manage to manifest into corporeal reality and hunt down the enemies of chaos in their own uh, kind of uh, existing plane. There are untold 
millions, if not billions, possibly even trillions, because apparently I don't know how to count, uh, of <laughs> uh, various forces, all, you know, of the armies of each of the, or within the armies of each of the chaos gods. Um, there are as many as there are ultramarines, right? There are more demons than there are ultramarines, even at my worst type of numerical <laughs> dyslexia. Okay, what about right. space marines as a whole? Oh, oh, oh! Uh, there are only a million space marines in totality uh, within the galaxy. There are a thousand chapters of a thousand. You know, add on to that the Grey Knights, uh, but you're still vastly, vastly outnumbered. Each demon of whatever rank is empowered, or indeed almost all of them are in fact formed by the Chaos God separating a tiny part of themselves. Uh, each demon is effectively the Chaos God in miniature. Uh, so, In a thimbleful. Yep. A Cute. thimbleful, a chaos thimble. And that then uh, allows the Chaos God to influence uh, not only the totality of their own kind of realm within uh, the warp, but also the corporeal world. Now, Darren, how do demons get into the kind of corporeal world? Great question, Darren. I'm glad you're here. Uh, the <laughs> we don't even need to we don't even need to be here, Crown. I'm not uh, here in spirit. That's for sure. <laughs> that's great. That's re that's really motivating, Kral. Thanks. Uh, chaos forces, the demonic, we'll call them, tend to be able to get into the corporeal universe via a handful of different ways. The easiest way for them to get in is through a breach in between the warp and the galaxy. We'll, we'll just. In terms of moving forward in the conversation, when I say galaxy, I mean the corporeal, non-warpy universe. Mr. Chris? Such as when Eric the Red sent a psychic spear to the Emperor to warn him of Horus's betrayal, but then <laughs> unleashed the chaos. Was it Eric the Red? No, but it's fine. Keep going. But is it, No, we're going to call him that. <laughs> he's, we're going to call him that. that. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. Sent a psychic message to the Emperor, which um, uh, weakened, shattered, uh, made a weak point in the uh, galaxy, in the corporeal world. In the throne room, no less, wasn't it? Um, but I'll tell you what, you, you, I am going to give you that because... <coughs> no, no, take the piss. I called him wrong. It was Eric right. the Red no, or something. No, it's an, it, you know. you're, no it's in terms of the situation that you're describing, you're 85% correct. Um, yeah. The, we've referred to like two and a half realities. The half of a reality is referred to as the webway, and that is a series of tunnels, much like the internet I'm given to understand, that goes through the warp. It allows safe corporeal travel from one area to another uh, through these kind of warp-based wormholes. Not wormholes, that's something else. <laughs> the, um, the breach you're referring to was a... Uh, a demonic uh, invasion of an area of the webway uh, oh. where there was, a, and the doorway, the access point to that is within the throne room of the uh, the Emperor's palace. And so okay. when Eric, Eric the Red, I'm never using his proper name again, <laughs> when Eric the Red... Name? 
You kill him. No, Magnus. You don't, it doesn't matter. Magnus. No, don't okay, tell Magnus. him. No. <laughs> Forget that. It's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so when so when E Dog threw the message spear, E Money. Uh, <laughs> when E Money, I love it. <laughs> when, okay, I'm going to take it to his logical description. When uh, when Bitcoin threw the psychic <laughs> spear at uh, at the emperor, the psychic warning, it distracted the emperor's kind of capacity to uh, create a psychic bulkhead on that uh, entrance to the webway, and thus the demons were able to not necessarily get in, but cause a lot more hassle uh, than he wow. had hoped for. But in the webway, not the corporeal world. Uh, at that stage and at that time, yes. However, gotcha. yeah. if the emperor wasn't there, and it was just a kind of manifest psychic barrier that was disrupted, the demons would just pour in. Uh, and they'd be able to pour in for as long as their individual power allowed them to stay within the corporeal universe because it sure. bleeds away their psychic manifestation over time unless it's boosted by various other uh, sure, sure, things sure. and demonic devices. So, so, so do they have like X amount of, you know, kind of uh, warp energy? HP. At the point, HP, at the point at which they come into corporeal space, and then it, from that point, it starts to bleed away. Yeah, uh, like, yes. Go and then dive into corporeal. Space. It's like taking a breath, their breath before you <gasps> dive underwater. Yeah. Uh, the short answer is yes. The slightly longer answer is that's a stupid analogy. It's more like no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the longer answer, but it's is like. No. The, the higher up the food chain you go in terms of the uh, the forces of the chaos god, the longer that not only that individual demon can last within the corporeal universe, but they, they have like an aura of influence. So the most powerful uh, greater demons, effectively, they're like a walking warp breach, which allows uh, okay. uh, lesser demons to be able to uh, kind of replenish their demonic uh, energy. Uh, to top up. That, to top up. Exactly right. Uh, really, demons are like pay-as-you-go phones. That's <laughs> really what mm, we're learning mm. here. So the warp breaches are the main uh, and most common way that demons get in. There are then uh, artifacts and rituals. Uh, so there are ancient artifacts that if held or twisted or used in a, a certain way, uh, a demon can either uh, be released from that uh, artifact, a demon uh, held captive within that thing, or it opens up a very uh, localized chaos rift that allows a single demon or a small force of demons in. Exactly right. Exactly. Concurrent with that are the warp breaches created when uh, a psyker misuses the power of the warp. We've dealt with psychers before, but really what happens when a psyker goes wrong uh, is that a chaos portal will open up within them and they'll flay open like wow. a kind of red flower and demons then can pour out uh, and so it's like a a, a kind Yikes. of really evil window into the warp uh, insofar as the warp pours in to the corporeal universe but you can also travel into the warp directly uh by passing diving through into such a, a portal exactly right yeah 
Gross. But you have to hold your breath before you do it. <laughs> you have to hold Does your breath that... and wear brown trousers. <laughs> Does that uh, is that psyker done at that point? They're they're kaput. Oh yeah, they're they're, 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 dead. Uh, they're dead. They're effectively they dead. Uh, one of the novels, I think it's the one that dealt with the Indomitus Crusade uh, for when the Primaris Space Marines came about. They describe a disease that Nurgle had released uh, and an infected uh, foot soldier, just a regular foot soldier, it seemed. It's certainly not a psyker. The disease uh, manifested a, a chaos portal within them and their body mutated into a kind of gateway, uh, a physical gateway within which there was a chaos portal at the center. And that's where the demons were able to get in uh, and cause the most havoc. So it's it's not only psychers. There are other ways that chaos portals can be opened. So um, be careful, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. Could get you any time. That goes for you too, Crow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big difficulty then for the Imperium when it comes to chaos is getting a grip on the chaos cults uh, and the followers of chaos within uh, the boundaries of the Imperium. Largely, this is the job of uh, not only the kind of uh, the military forces in general, but the kind of dedicated job of each planetary governor. Uh, you'll recall that they have to maintain the emperor's peace uh, on their planet and provide tithes uh, in terms of material troops and indeed psychers. If you'll recall, the psychers are harvested up, they're captured, rounded up, usually by the uh, the Arbites or the Arbites, and handed over to the Sisters of Silence who uh, run the black ships that take the, the good time psychic snacks direct to the Emperor. <laughs> on, the good sh- on the black ship lollipop. Yeah, this is done also to reduce the given number of psychers on any planet at any time to the barest minimums and thus curtailing the possibilities that chaos portals open and these demons uh, breach through. Uh, The other force that hunts demons relentlessly uh, and also the cultists that kind of help them manifest is the Great Inquisition, the Inquisition of Man, which we've dealt with before. Principally, we're looking at the Ordo Hereticus, which deals with the the kind of chaos uh, worshipping an anti-imperium kind of uh, anti-imperium driven cults. Uh, the other section of the Inquisition that uh, hunts down demons, specifically designed to hunt down demons, is the Ordo Malus, or Ordo Malus, depending on how you choose to pronounce it. And these are the demon hunters of the Inquisition, uh, and they specifically are charged with uh, hunting down uh, manifested demons within the Imperium and those that brought about that manifestation uh, or who defend uh, that demon or hide them in terms of from imperial justice. Uh, and these demon hunters have access, they can commandeer any imperial force uh, at not- uh, or sorry, without notice uh, and can indeed uh, perform uh, a rite we've discussed before, I think, the exterminatus. Have we discussed oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where uh, whole planet, right? a single uh, official of the Imperium can sign 
the death warrant of billions of people, uh, which can then be enacted with, excuse me, the life eater virus, as was used in the uh, at the start of the Horus heresy, where it converts all organic matter to gas, which usually then explodes. Yikes. Certainly, that's been my experience of it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep all naked flames away. So in terms of a demon that has manifested, I thought it might be useful to look at uh, what they do. Uh, what they do is very much dependent on uh, two things, which god they belong to, and also the purpose of the ritual that brought them into the corporeal universe. Demons that are bound within an item or artifact, in general, in general, simply look to be free. So anyone who uses their the uh, let's say a demonic weapon, for instance, a, an, a, an axe or sword that's possessed by a demon, is as much a slave to that demon as the demon is trapped within that artifact. There are various powers uh, that can be uh, associated with uh, such artifacts, but these weapons have a mind of their own quite literally. Uh, and so if they feel that they're not being used uh, or respected, they can leap up and kill their wielder. Uh, so they can kind of take control of the either the wielder's body or can fly effectively from whatever surface they're on and embed themselves in the side of the that's pretty uh, bear's funny. head. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're in the midst of a battle trying to fucking pummel someone's skull and you just get the sass from this like mallet. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but within each item then, that how it's used, how what it wants, uh, not necessarily just to be free, but uh, an, uh, an axe of corn simply wants to be used as an axe uh, and to kill uh, bigger and more threatening beings and entities and foes. A an item of Nurgle will be used, a demonic item of Nurgle will be used to spread a disease of uh, Nurgle and so to pave the way for a, the creation of a larger portal in many cases, especially with Nurgle. Interestingly, he holds as a prisoner one of the last Eldari gods, uh, the mother god, the god of, of um, rejuvenation and fertility, Aisha, the, the kind of mother god. So when the Eldari uh, empire collapsed, Slanesh captured uh, Aisha, but didn't devour her, and no, no one knows why. And then ultimately, uh, as part of a trade or, or some debt that was owed, Aisha ended up in a rusty cage in the kind of kitchen of Nurgle, for want of a better word. So what he'll do is he creates all these new viruses uh, constantly, uh, and he makes her drink a draft of each one so that when... Uh, and he watches to see what how virulent, how aggressive the disease is. Uh, and if he's pleased with it, he'll tip the cauldron over into a, a grate. And that grate... The, the liquid appears as rain uh, within the corporeal universe on usually uh, one or more planets, and thus a new disease enters uh, reality. That's mental. Yeah, does she uh, does she just survive all of these encounters? She, because she just... of her natural uh, kind of powers of uh, 
rejuvenation, she heals usually quite slowly, but she does heal and thus is able to be the lab rat for his next um, next, uh, disease. If it doesn't work, if, if, if she's able to withstand it, uh, he gives a kind of little huff of disappointment, drinks the entire cauldron uh, so that he absorbs all the energy back into himself and then pukes up into the cauldron and starts again. Uh, so <laughs> she's eternally drinking Nurgle's <laughs> spew. Yeah. Don't order he's, from that he's kitchen. Not- yeah, he's, he's nothing if not disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but he's quite jolly. He's not wasteful, though. Um, yeah. It's not yeah. wasteful. I, I yeah. admire that. <laughs> what a thing to admire. <laughs> <laughs> He's the cheerful Mr. Creosote of the 40k universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are other, you know, all of the gods have their own kind of throne rooms. Corn's uh, throne room within the warp uh, is just, he literally, there is the throne of. Uh, hundreds of thousands of skulls from all different types of races, everything so from humans to Tyranids. I'd be so unimpressed, yeah. I'll be in there. He'd be like, "Behold, my throne of skulls!" <laughs> Yawn. So that oh, coming. Like Alexander McQueen has designed this throne for me, especially. <laughs> get get something original, corn. Zinch yeah. uh, has his. It would have been far better if his throne was just made of blood. Like okay, now now we're thinking. That's that's real out of the box thinking. How does that? Even uh, work? You see, any kind of structure that has to be more than a puddle, uh, you're going to really struggle with, with blood. That reminds me yeah. of the the episode of Black Books where uh, uh, Bernard demands <laughs> that the other guy makes a tower of soup. <laughs> or it could be like a jacuzzi uh, cor- corn's jacuzzi of blood and he'd just be like sat there like really seedling like, no, that, Kevin that, joined that, me no, in my jacuzzi of blood is like no mate <laughs> you go, is that you is that you Slanesh <laughs> masquerading as corn in a blood jacuzzi uh, yeah uh, Zinch has his impossible fortress within the heart of a crystal maze and or crystal labyrinth crystal maze is something else that's a game show in the, in the <laughs> case. Mm. Uh, what a show richard <laughs> bryan what? Was that him? that's the one yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, why i remember that name slanesh has his kind of dark palace at the center of kind of six rings of uh kind pleasure of, uh, pleasure <laughs> yes exactly right pleasure. <laughs> uh, and so one assumes it's all like cock-shaped towers and i don't know why i went there so quickly i'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> listeners it's been a very confusing saturday morning for me <laughs> i thought you were going to go kind of the more family friendly so now it's like one of the towers is like tickling <laughs> you know the second tower is like too many maltesers but no you just went straight for the dicks just straight yeah <laughs> and re- even while you were talking even while you were talking you went the tower of tickling with dicks, uh, they- <laughs> dick ticklers, <laughs> Mr. Chris, um, Slanesh, um, excess and stuff. Does 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 wealth come in like ever come into that? Yeah, or is it greed, more kind of yeah, greed. Yeah, like but like financial, yeah. like money. Yes, and absolutely, and things like that. Oh, okay, money, money. okay. It's not just visceral pleasures. 
it's no it's, it's any anything well. yeah anything you derive whatever satisfaction yeah. or enjoyment from but it's tainted by yeah. the fact that whatever level you enjoy whatever how however much pleasure you get from it you will never get that amount of pleasure from it again you have to ramp right. up to get the same amount of pleasure so it's much okay. like you know you gain a tolerance for pleasure or for enjoyment, yeah, or for excess, or, or, or. Uh, and sure. thus, th- that's why uh, most Slaneshi worshippers are, in fact, some form of addict. They can't give it up. Yeah. They have to sure. keep going to get that same kind of hit of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, the tickle pillar... The Balteser pillar, and then just four <laughs> dick pillars. But I don't know why they're <laughs> Behold, we're not too my f- dicks. <laughs> we don't really like the first two pillars. We're thinking about replacing them with dicks too. <laughs> so I thought I might just uh, be able to close out this rather slapshot uh, <laughs> episode. Because <laughs> like, we, we can't go back to talking about six-titted lobster women because we've already done that yeah, those are the demonettes of Sanesh. yeah so if you want a breakdown of the the specific demonic types yeah episode two of uh laying down the lore of the old world is your uh is your best bet we will of course when we come to deal with the forces of chaos demons in detail really do a deep dive into each of the uh, gods types of demons the names of their demons the confusing use of numbers uh, each god has a chaotic number slanesh's is six nurgle's is seven corns is eight and um zinch is nine no one really knows why specifically in terms of why they were given numbers in the first place <laughs> <laughs> uh, way 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 back in first edition of 40k it's just it's confusing um, but they were subbed on kind of halfway through the uh the blood bowl game and they just had a yeah. band a bunch of shirts they were like right you're six you're seven you're eight. Oh, it means something we'll figure out later on yeah yeah we'll figure that, out and they are on. your chaos numbers, What's yeah, chaos chaos numbers? they are this but, just is what it is all right but but in in first edition 40k if you had a, a force of nurgle in general it, you could buy units in in numbers of seven and you could only buy units in in, in numbers of seven and uh, and six for Sinesh and so on. Right. Uh, but I thought we might round out this episode just with acknowledging the other half of the forces of chaos, which are the chaos space marines, the, either the chaos oh. legions, which were the original nine legions uh, of uh, the Horus Heresy, or the evil, the bad side in the Horus Heresy. As I mentioned, the Chaos Legions, Chaos Space Marine Legions, and the Space Marine Renegades, which are uh, chapters or companies that have uh, gone from being loyalist Space Marines through to full-blown Chaos Space Marines. They largely exist within the Eye of Terror and raid out from there under the instruction of their demonic Primarchs. 
So we're now looking at a situation where six of the nine Primarchs of the Space Marine Legions ascended to Demon Princehood. So they're like the Demon Prince. So uh, Fulgrim is now the Demon Prince of the Emperor's Children. He's the kind of de facto uh, benefactor of all the forces of Slaanesh. That's the only one I can remember. I can't remember. Mortarian. Mortarian is also, <laughs> is also, he's the demon prince of the Death Guard, loyal to, loyal to Nurgle. And so he went from being the Primarch to being their demon prince. And effectively, no change in leadership style. Most of them, when they ascended, warped grotesquely out of their kind of standard human shape. Fulgrim, for instance, is a large snake from below the waist. He has uh, wings, bat-like wings, and four arms. Uh, he's still very, very good looking, uh, but he has a, two sets of horns and, and, and an afro, a white afro, uh, in his original kind of uh, idea. Or original, he went, he went uh, real ghetto. He went <laughs> like, real stew. weird. <laughs> so please Mortarian. tell me he's got an afro comb in there as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but but it's a guitar because of the noise marines <laughs> oh yeah like mortarian again he he stayed largely you know anthropomorphic he's his legs and arms are as normal but he's got two huge uh bat wings it'd be weird to just have one it'd be really odd. <laughs> but he he looks like a kind of angel of death uh, uh, angel of death and disease uh, and as a kind of chosen son of Nurgle he is able to corrupt and infect everyone around him they are all of gigantic size if you recall when we were talking about Primarchs they were larger larger than ogres they were you know somewhere between 10 and 12 feet tall you know as wide in terms of buffed up but now if you take that and add like a huge snake body to it, that's Fulgrim. He's enormous. Eric the Red, or, or uh, what's his name? Bitcoin. Man. He, Bitcoin. He's now, you know, he's effectively double his size and appears as a, a kind of an eagle-winged Zeus-like figure um, and is, you know, very kind of metallic loincloth-y and uh, shooting spears at people. Is, That's the most comprehensive description wings? of Magnus I could come up with. What? Do they all have wings? Uh, all the they ones I've seen have wings. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Bitcoin has uh, eagle wings. I don't uh, get the Fulgrim. Bitcoin referral. Why do you call them Bitcoin? E-Money. E we went from oh, Eric. Eric the Red oh, to E-Dog e to E-Money. Yeah, yeah. e e-Money to Bitcoin. And E-Money yeah, is Bitcoin. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. that bit has just sure died on its arse, right? Magnus yeah. the Red, who is yeah. the Primarch <laughs> that we're talking about. Yeah, he has massive kind of iridescent eagle wings, kind of multicolored shifting things. I'm not sure that uh, Peter Turbo, who we've discussed previously, has uh, wings. And Lorgar, there's not really been an image of, I beg your pardon, Borgar. There's not really been Borgar. an image of him uh, as a demon prince. Uh, but Angron of the World Eaters, the demon He's prince definitely of got wings. Corn, he's definitely got uh, huge bat wings uh, as well. So the Chaos Legions, at least six of them are led by 
demon princes. Uh, Horus, obviously, was Primarch of the Lunar Wolves, is no more. He did. He did. Um, uh, Alpharius of the Alpha Legion may or may not be dead, may or may not be a demon prince. We don't really know. Uh, He's not dead stage. and he is a demon prince, is what I get from that. Yeah. And let me just say for lis- <laughs> uh, let me just say for listeners, spoilers, keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had uh evil Batman. Batman the Primarch of the Night Legions or the Night Lords, I beg your pardon. Uh, he was w- one of the only other Primarchs to be killed. He was assassinated by an Imperial assassin, funnily enough. And oh. he, because he suffered from prophetic visions, that's one of the reasons why he was so uh, crazy, in quotes, is that he knew ultimately his own father would betray and have him killed. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, and But because he could see it, he could see the assassin uh, and sense the assassin's uh, movements and activities, he just let her go- come through and kill him. And we'll explain why when we deal with the Night Lords. What was the what was that Primarch's name? Conrad Kurz. Conrad Kurz. Evil Batman. Batman. So those demonic princes uh, will form the link between this episode and the next episode, where we talk about what became of the Chaos Legions uh, within uh, or after the Horus Heresy. Uh, but in terms of names that you should think about for next episode, we're looking at Abaddon the Despoiler, who was uh-huh. the first captain of the Lunar Wolves under under Horus, and now, 10,000 years later, is arguably better than Horus in every way, uh, and yet is wow. not a demon <laughs> prince. He is still a mortal man, albeit a 10,000 year old super being. And, and ironically, Abby to his friends, D spoils things. Yeah. Meant to be the, meant to be the bad guy. But instead of spoiling stuff, he's, he's unspoiling it, isn't he? How ironic. <laughs> In general. Yes. The forces of chaos are, you know, to a, to a lay person, what we would think of as hell coming through into our own world, either en masse or individual possessions of psychers or whoever else, wanting thus to be able to conquer the entire planet. If you imagine that writ large across the galaxy, that's effectively what the forces of chaos are. Um, it's um, funny because the life in the Imperium of Man sounds like hell to me. It's like oppression. And it's yeah. a rock, rock in a hard place. Really, Bring on the li- the liberal the approach liberal. of chaos. <laughs> in, in my opinion, wow, <laughs> he's converted already. Wow. Yeah, I, it I, only I, took seventeen episodes, <laughs> dude. I think one of my first reactions to the Imperium of Man. Yeah, was oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in episode oh yeah, yeah. One. You have been so, pretty yeah. steadfast. I don't in have that time opinion. for the Imperium. Yeah. Are you guys? Are, are you guys Imperium fans? I wouldn't say. I um, are, are, is the Imperium of Man generally a popular thing to be a fan of, or is it kind of? Does everybody kind of agree? It's. I mean, I think. Shit. I well, from my perspective, it seems to be the most popular 
because or one of the most popular because it's the most it's the only relatable aspect of the 40k setting everything else is th- aliens I th- I think and demons the imperium of man is yeah even as a reader of the lore or a player of the game like the citizens you are forced to be within yeah. the imperium of man so what is the best yeah. of a bad choice do you want to follow this faction do you want to be these marines do you want to be that it's all shit I, I think for, for yeah. myself, I, I would, I, I would say that it is. It's not a desirable place to be unless you are a noble of some kind, unless you have influence yeah. over yeah. there. But even aren't the nobles aren't oh, under yes, huge absolutely. pressure? Like, you, like nobles are as, are as expendable as a citizen. To be fair, I would say that when 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 it comes to like looking at like individual factions within the Imperium. I think it's very easy to think everything is fucked because from our perspective, we've got the proper like top-down view, the overview of the situation, and we know that it is fucked. I mean, the, the tagline for 40K is, in the grimdark future, there is only war. Everything's yeah. fucked. Everything's fucked. <laughs> but in, it's but a very sex-heavy episode, those... I have to say. I, I don't know if we can release it. <laughs> but in, in the actual setting, the individual factions are... To some degree, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Tara, they're somewhat ignorant of that fact. Yes. You know, they believe sure. that they are fighting the good they're fight. The fish in the pond. They believe that they are that they are right and just in what they're doing and that they're fighting for the only good cause. So I think when it comes to choosing factions, I lo- I, certainly I would try to look at it from their perspective rather than the everything is fucked perspective. Does that make sense? It does make like ignorance is bliss. Yeah, that's really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah within yeah. the Imperium. Yeah, yeah. For all we know, we could be living in a hell and a hellish world, but it's relative, isn't it? We think we've yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we're not. You yeah. don't see you yeah. don't see much of that in Camborn. <laughs> mm. It's relative well, bliss there, isn't it? To be fair, though, is that is that like you can't see the wood for the trees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but isn't that the point, though? Isn't it? Like yeah, we, we, as a reader, as a viewer, as a consumer of the universe, yeah, it's like fucking. Oh, we want to live there, but as a citizen, no, like, you don't you know don't. any better. I think. I think yeah. for me, yeah, the yeah, freest yeah. role you could have within the Imperium is a rogue trader. Yeah, uh, but even then, you have to watch your yeah. back. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The rattlings seem like pretty blasé about the whole thing. They're just doing their thing. I what, can relate l- to them. The, l- the little half. Yes, because yeah. they're small, but like. The, the half the halfling wheeler dealers they seem like they have it yeah, for a pretty yeah. good time. Do you know what I mean? They just kind of they're doing their thing. But like, yeah, that's I mean, like, you know, in terms of your point, right? I I totally get that because that's what I was thinking when we were doing the episode, the last episode, Necromunda. You're listening to these people living in this fucking hive say that like occasionally the filtration systems break down and they all fucking suffocate. They can't leave. They can't go out into the waste because like it's toxic. I'm like, just leave the planet. But they don't know of anybody. Do you know what I mean? They've never known any other life. So, but you know, from our perspective, yes, this yeah. is just one planet that we've looked at in a massive galaxy. But to them, that's their entire world, sure. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, the fish in the pond. Thus, yeah, yeah, exactly. as we've uh, discussed in this episode, I think the prevalence of chaos cults. The you know, almost every planet, including Terra has some level of chaos cult activity where worshippers are rewarded by the, the the forces of chaos with abilities, powers, items, what have you, that allow them to corrupt 
uh, more and more. I mean, the Chaos Gods still haven't forgotten. Forgotten? They still haven't forgotten. Forgotten. Yeah, they still haven't <laughs> forgotten how fucked over they were by the Emperor. So they're still trying right. to bring the Emperor Ooh, down. Ooh, yeah. holding a grudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and thus all his works. Uh, and so the uh, ident- the creation of the Great Rift is a huge step in a towards the destruction of the imperium of man and and it was so it's actually the impact of it was so profound within the lore of the gaming community that they were all worried that this was the first step in a kind of end times kind of deal for 40k where it would be Uh, scrapped and they'd go kind of they'd age of sigmar 40k but that hasn't (laughs) happened uh right it could (laughs) could I blame demons if I'm Good. being completely honest. You would. You Imperium lover, you. <laughs> Imperium lover. <laughs> I'd, I'd be a chaos something or other. Yeah, yeah. I think as I'm, as I'm learning more about 40k, I'm more on the side of chaos. I'd be a chaos worshipper or a chaos marine or something. Something chaos. You'd be a yeah, noise Imperium marine. just does not turn me on. You, have you seen the noise marines? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, sure, they're the yeah, Emperor's yeah. children. Gla- Fulgrim's guys. And Glam rock. And guitars. Yeah. And they go... And brain explodes. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, here's a question for you then, Kral. Yeah, man. If one of the four mm. Chaos Gods was going to sponsor this podcast, what would be the best fit? Of the, the big this four? This specific um, episode, Malice. I mean, the amount of like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the amount of kind of low-brow, low-IQ dick jokes, it's got to be Slanesh, doesn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> they came across, not literally, and so I didn't on. use that one this episode. What are you talking about? You didn't. You no, didn't. you didn't. That's a good point. No, you didn't. But, but Crowl you, did. You know where I'm coming You from. said something and Crowl went, not literally. <laughs> you didn't even recognize it. You didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> okay, Slanesh. I mean, I was going to say the highlight for me today in this episode, or rather the low point for me today in this episode, was the Clitatrix Maledictum. (laughs) Precisely. I'm doubling down on the Slaneshi sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Right, shall I wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's all from us. Thank you so much for listening. Details and imagery for the topics we've discussed in this podcast can be found on our website at layingdownthelore.com. We also have all our previous episodes on there, release schedules, merchandise, and you can sign up for the Laying Down the Lore newsletter, which includes exclusive info about upcoming releases, behind-the-scenes chat, and some extra lore not covered in the podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard in this episode and you want to support us, head over to patreon.com forward slash laying40k and sign up today for as little as three pounds. I agree. This will give you access to our Discord server so you can come and tell us exactly what you think of Kral and his anti-imperial Huzma what's it. We'll be back again soon displaying just how little Chris and I know. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. I promise I'll be less existential in the next episode. Love you. Love you.